This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Title of this sermon, The Power of Humility. The Power of Humility, amen? And uh, the Bible talks a lot about humility. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you hear people say, I don't know if you ever heard this before. I, had, I worked with somebody back when I was in Oklahoma. He would say, God's going to put you through a humbling lesson. Has anybody ever heard that? God's going to put you through a, you know, if you're, if you're too excited about the things of God and you're too almost like you're, you're uh, you know, uh, almost like you seem kind of cocky in your faith. Sometimes people will say, you know, you, you, you got too much going on. God's going to put you through a, a, a humbling lesson. Right? Has anybody ever heard that before? Maybe you never heard that before. And I'm going to say this, that God doesn't put us through humbling lessons. That's not, God doesn't, he doesn't embarrass us. That's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. But, but, but I'm going to say this, the Bible does say that we're supposed to humble ourselves. We're supposed to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Amen. And so, and we know this, that, that the opposite of humility is pride. And we know that the chief sin of all sins is pride. And we know that the middle letter of pride is I. And I is the, is the center of pride and that's focused on self. In other words, Pride is, what am I going to get out of it? What have you done for me lately? Have you ever heard that? What have you done for me lately? Pride is all focused on self. Amen. Humility is focused on God and on others. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so when we're, we're walking humbly, we're, fo- we're not just so focused on ourselves. You'll find the most miserable people on planet earth are the ones that are just focused on themselves. Uh, can I get a witness in the house today? We, we, sometimes we've got too much of ourselves in our lives. In other words, uh, we need, a, you know, John, the, the, uh, uh, John, uh, the cousin of Jesus that, that was, the, they call him John the Baptist. He said that that God must increase and we must decrease. Amen? And so we got to decrease in our own eyes and God will increase us in his perspective. Amen? So prideful people don't think about or care about anybody else except for themselves and their opinions. Is that right? If I'm talking to anybody today. And, and, and so I'm going to give you some scriptures because I'm contrasting humility and pride this morning. And I'm going to give you some scriptures and it's going to get better. So hang tight. Amen. <laughs> Buckle up. Amen. It's going to get better. And uh, Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Amen. In other words, don't forget where you came from. Can I say it again? Don't forget where you came from. You might have the world by the tail today, but don't forget that you were really in great need. I'm going to say this. 
that if you're going to walk in the power of God, you always have to have an attitude that you need God. When you start thinking, oh, I got it covered now. I can handle my life now. That's when you're going down. But you got to always realize that you need God no matter how much money's in the bank, no matter how healthy you are, no matter if you got food on the table and a roof over your head, you still need God. Can I get a witness in the house today? You need God. So pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Proverbs 13.10 says it this way, by pride comes nothing but strife. So if you're dealing with strife in your life, you might need to check and see if you're in some kind of pride. Because strife fosters pride. But with the well-advised is wisdom. And in Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Through they join forces, none will go unpunished. So, so we see here, these are negative responses that we can receive when we walk in pride. Now, let's, let's contrast pride with humility. And I love this in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. This is wonderful. Uh, uh, in, in 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So we see here that the outflow of humility are you ready for this? Is submitting yourselves to God and godly leaders and submitting yourselves to one another. So if you're not in submission to godly leadership, if you're not in submission to a church, amen, submission to one another. See, we're submitted to one another in the love of Christ. I'm submitted to you. That means that I have to live my life right outside of the church. That means I need to be praying, fasting, seeking God, because I'm accountable to you. But I'm going to say this, you're accountable to me. And you're accountable to each one of us. We're all accountable. Say I'm accountable. And so we're accountable, and we got to understand this, that no man's an island, and nobody sins by themselves. In other words, you can say, well, that's my own little sin, Pastor. Uh, nobody needs to worry about it. That's my secret sin. Well, your sin's going to affect the body. Amen. Eventually, your sin will affect other people. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so your little sins can affect. you got to hate the sins that you love the most. Pastor, you mean you're telling me that some people love their sin? Yes! (laughs) Some people love sin. Amen. You better love the son. Because the the, the person that sins doesn't stay in the house forever. But the son stays forever. 
Can I get a witness in the house today? So you love the sun and you hate the sin. And so my question today are, my question today, if you are walking godly, are you a submissive person? Do you submit to godly authority? Do you submit to one another in the love of God? Because that's the acid test if you are a humble person. If you're a humble person, you'll be a submissive person. In other words, uh, it's, it, it can't be always your way. Can I, I, mean, I mean, people that are prideful is like, it's my way or the highway. But listen, no, you got to learn to give and you got to learn to take. It's a give and take. Even in relationships, it's a give and take. And we have to learn to give and we got to learn to take. Now, let's look at the scripture again. It says here, likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he may exalt you in due time. We see here that he's saying that we need to clothe ourselves with humility. Basically, that's an attitude. It's an attitude of meekness. Do we have any meek people in here? The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. Amen. And so it's an attitude, it's an attitude that we put on that we're not going to be judgmental, that we're not going to be opinionated, that we're not going to be judging everything so quickly, amen, that, that we're going to give people the benefit of the doubt, amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? So pride causes God to resist us and humility causes us to be irresistible to God. Can I say that again? Because you can tweet that. Pride causes God to resist us. But humility causes us to be irresistible. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. How many people want to be irresistible to God? You don't want God resisting you. But you want to be irresistible. That means that God can't help, but he wants to be around you. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And, and so, and so, and that's, and that's the, the blessings of that. Let's look at another scripture in James 4, 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I love that. Somebody say more grace. And I need more grace. Glory to God. The two greatest blessings in walking in humility is more grace and promotion. And how many people need more grace in living your life under God? I don't know about you, but I need more grace. And how many people would like to be promoted this year? Let me put it in a different way, because some people say promotion, that means more work. Some people get nervous about promotion. Oh my gosh, God's going to want me to do more. Oh, if God promotes me, that means I got to take on more responsibility, right? You know, and so some people don't want, they don't want no responsibility, right? But let's put it this way. How many, instead of promotion, can, can, can I dumb it down a little bit? 
Can I just say, how many people would like to go to the next level? Okay, is that better than being promoted? That sounds a little bit better. Let's just go to, how many people would like to go to the next level in your finances? Could, could you go to the next level in your finances? In other words, could you, could you handle some extra funds coming in? You guys could do that, right? And, and can you handle a little bit more of people getting on your nerves? No, uh, we'll continue. Because <laughs> you're going to have to learn to walk in more love. Amen? So, so, so really, we can initiate, we can initiate humility in our lives. Amen? So, so, so I, I want God dispersing his grace and his promotion power in our lives to bring us to a place where instead of being resisted by God through pride and self-will, we must become irresistible to God through humility and submission. The major key in initiating humility in one's life, are you ready for this? What do you think is a major key to initiate humility in a person's life? You guessed it, fasting. What, pastor? Fasting and prayer, and, and the big F for fasting, that is a major key in initiating some uh, humility in a person's life. So fasting is the key component of, of humbling ourselves before our God. The key, I believe, makes us irresistible again in the spirit. I like when Daniel was fasting for 21 days and he ate nothing pleasant, the Bible said. I don't even think he bathed. He was waiting on, I know, it was a, it, you don't want to be around Daniel when he was, he was in a mourning sense. And so, but the Bible said in, in Daniel 10, 11, and this is the angel speaking to Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So, so here uh, the, the angel was revealing God's heart towards Daniel and told Daniel that he was highly esteemed. And, and another translation that he was loved very much. Another uh, translation said that he was very precious to God. And I don't know about you, but I, I think there's, you know, uh, some people say, well, God loves everybody equally, Pastor. God doesn't, God doesn't have his favorites, and God loves everybody equally. Well, Jesus had his favorites. Didn't he have James, John, and Peter? Wasn't those the three that, that, that Jesus... Uh, divulge uh, and revealed some things. They were on the mountain, a Mount Transfiguration, where Jesus uh, changed his raiment and he, he glowed. And uh, and there were things that that Jesus said to those three. They didn't say to the other nine. So, in other words, can God be closer to some than others? Yes, He can. God can be closer. And I don't believe it's up to God. I believe it's up to us. Can I say it again? It's up to us how close, if you want to be an inner circle disciple, you can be that. You choose how close you get with God. Amen? And God says when you get close to God, he will show you the secret of his covenant. And I don't know about you, but I like God revealing secrets to me. 
And the Bible says that he will show you secret treasures in hidden places. And so when you get close to God, he will start revealing to you secret treasures in hidden places. So really, humbling and fasting are akin. In Psalm 69.10, this is David, and he says, When I wept and humbled myself with fasting, I became a reproach. So, so, so here he said that, that, that fasting and humbling are connected. And so when, when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, the key way of doing that is fasting. In Isaiah 58, verse 5, the fasting chapter, uh, it says this, Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. It is only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying sackcloth as ashes is that you will call a fast a day acceptable to the Lord. So they would lay in ashes and fasting was a, a sort of a mourning. They were, uh, you know, in distress and you're putting your soul in distress. You're telling your soul that it's not going to control you. When you're fasting, you're putting your soul in distress, glory to God. So, so, so fasting is a way of, it's a repentant posture. So I believe as a repentant heart towards God moves God's blessings upon us. I'm saying it's scriptural for us to repent from the evils that we commit through fasting. And it's scriptural for us to repent for the evils of the loved ones and our nations that, 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 that commit the evils. So you can pray for your own sins and you can fast for your own sins. You don't have to because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful. But you can go to another level if you want to. I know uh, it's not required, but you could fast uh, for maybe some sins in your life that you can't seem to break. Can I get a witness in the house today? Uh, I killed the Starbucks man. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, you know, I used to do Starbucks like every day, and the Holy Spirit said, get on a water fast, no coffee, just water. And after 10 days, I'm done with Starbucks. I killed the man. I had one sip of coffee from Starbucks, and I got, ugh. And that was it. And so I think that Lord is saying, you are, you are delivered from Starbucks. I used to get in accidents driving by a Starbucks, trying to turn over there, you know. Has anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm driving, I see a Starbucks sign, glory to God, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping over the curb to, to get to the Starbucks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody addicted out there? Not that crazy, amen? Amen. And so, and so, and so, uh, I love this. So, so, <laughs> I'm telling you, I almost got in an accident trying to get to Starbucks one day. Amen. I'm being honest. Can, can pastor be honest? And uh, so, so fasting and prayer, uh, we can fast and pray for people's sins. You know, maybe your, your children aren't walking right with God and you haven't seen a change and you've been praying. Have you tried fasting and praying and asking God to forgive them of their sins? What, Pastor? Can you run? That, can you back that truck up again? Have you ever thought about fasting and praying for the sins of your children? 
In other words, have you ever thought about standing in the gap for your children and going another level? Because maybe they got some devils that might need to be broken off their lives. And maybe if you do stand in the gap and you might start, and if you start fasting and praying, maybe those devils will be broken off their lives and they'll be in church with you next week. But I've been praying, Pastor. That's all I need to do. Well, maybe you might need to go to the next level. Maybe you need to fast and pray. You say, uh, where, where, that, where is that at in the Bible? Well, didn't Jesus pray on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? Did not Jesus pray for those that were coming against him? Shouldn't we be praying for those that are in sin? Glory to God. Amen. And, and I believe that in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. If you, if you can translate, if my people that are called by my name will fast, because humbling yourself and fasting are akin, will fast and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Fasting is a powerful way of humbling ourselves before the Lord in repentance and revival. I'm going to say it again. Fasting is a powerful way of humbling ourselves before the Lord for repentance and for revival. Amen. And so I love this because you got to think about this because our natural self, uh, Paul calls it the old man. You know, when you get saved, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. But you know there's an old man that's lurking. And that old man, wants uh, he wants to be resurrected. And that's the old nature that's trying to come up and trying to control your life. Have you ever, have you ever, that old man tries to get you back into the old sins that you used to be involved in before you got saved. Can I get a witness now? Has the devil ever tried to draw you back into that losing lifestyle? And so the enemy will try to move on your flesh and you got to kill that old man. You got to crucify that old man. You got to tell that old man he ain't rising back up. Not in your life. Never again. You've got to get serious with that old man. Now, I'm not talking about your father. You've got to get serious with that old man. Sometimes I'd be kidding with my family. And I said, hey, don't, don't, don't treat the old man bad. You know, talk about myself. No. But uh, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, 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 so really... The unrenewed flesh, unrenewed mind, your will, your mind. I think I want, I, I will. Your, your, your unrenewed flesh, if it's not tempered with the word of God, it's going to want to go the world's way. And you've got to be careful that, that, that you're not allowing your body to do whatever it wants to do. Your body makes a terrible master, but a wonderful servant. Amen. And so we think about this because no, it's not natural to obey God in, 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 the, in the flesh. 
your spirit wants to obey God, but your flesh doesn't always want to obey God. For instance, getting up this morning to go to church. Sometimes your flesh says, stay in bed, stay, the, 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 stay under the covers. It's cold outside. But you've got to push through the flesh and get into the spirit. Somebody say, push through. Now, Jonah is a great example. And Jonah was not always a spiritual man. And Jonah, in Jonah 1... God is speaking to Jonah, and Jonah is raised up to be a prophet to minister repentance for the Ninevite nation. And it says, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Uh, see, Jonah wasn't a spiritual man at that time. He was a flesh man. And he did not want to obey the Lord. And the Lord was telling him, I want you to go to Nineveh because Jonah had some biases against Nineveh. Nineveh was a wicked people, a wicked nation. They did wicked things. Jonah didn't like them. Jonah had biases against them. And Jonah, uh, his pride was saying, I'm not going to listen to God. You got to be very careful when you start saying things like, I'm not going to do what God's telling me to do. I'm not going to listen to God. And, he's, and he took a ship and went the opposite direction. Well, guess what happened? God sent a storm on that ship. And that storm came up on that ship. And, 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 and the sailors that were selling a ship said, what is going on? This is a major storm. And they were, they were asking everybody, what's going on? And they finally found Jonah in the bow of the boat. And he was hiding back there and said, Jonah, do you know anything about this? And Jonah said, yeah, I serve the God that made heaven and earth and I'm rebellion against him. <laughs> Basically, that's what he said. He said, I'm not doing what he's telling me to do. And, he, and then Jonah says, just throw me off the boat. See, when you're in sin and you're in rebellion to God, the only options that you have is that you're going to want to jump off your boat. And they threw him off the boat, but God had mercy. Some people said he was swallowed by a well, but no, it wasn't a well. It was a large fish that was created just for Jonah. And Jonah was swallowed up by this fish. And the Bible said that he was in the belly of the well. Jesus even speaks about it for three days. Jonah was on a forced fast. For three days. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so he was on that forced fast. And he cried out to the Lord. In Jonah 2.2. And he cried out and said. Lord because of my affliction. He answered me. Uh, uh, he says here. Now word of the Lord came to Jonah. Uh, and he said that Lord. Uh, save me. Out of this belly's well. Or out of this well of this fish. 
And the Lord answered him. And the Lord caused that fish to spit Jonah out. And, and then the Lord speaks to Jonah again and gives him a second chance. And it says, for the second time in Jonah 3.1, it says here, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach to the message that I tell you. Now I'm going to say this, that God is a God of the second chance. We may miss it. We may make a mistake. We may end up rebelling against God sometime in our life, but God will come back. And God is the God of the second chance. He's the God of the third chance. He's the God of the do-overs. He's the God of the U-turn. He's the God of the new beginning. Can I get a witness in the house today? In other words, every day can be the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. So, 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 so we need to understand that. that so, so, so Jonah turned and he went back to Nineveh to preach to Nineveh, glory to God. And what did Nineveh do? They were a wicked city that God was about ready to judge, that he was about ready to destroy this city. And they repented and fasted, I believe, for three days. Even the animals fasted. The king fasted. The king, everybody fasted. They got the word. See, when you get the word from God, uh, repent or else, you better repent. I remember my, my pastor that started this church. And uh, this church has been around for 39 years. It started out in 1986. We had our 39th annual board meeting yesterday. And, and that's a tribute to God. Not too many churches make it 39 years. Amen. And we're going on 20 years under my leadership. We might have to have a party. Glory to God. A 20-year party. Amen. And, and, and that's a tribute to God, to his faithfulness. Glory to God. And so, and so, and so the bottom line is that, that, that if we submit to God, resist the devil, the devil will flee and we'll end up doing what God is calling us to do. So the keys to humbling ourselves is, is, is fasting, repenting for ourselves, and, and ha- having other people repent for themselves, and God can turn it around. I think about this, that, uh, that Nehemiah uh, was a cupbearer to the king in the book of Nehemiah. And... Uh, and so Nehemiah was asking about the survivors in Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah 1, 3, and 4, they said to Nehemiah, the survivors who are left from the captivity of the providence are there in great distress. A reproach, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words, I sat down, wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before God and heaven. This is really interesting that Nehemiah, we're talking about fasting, we're talking about humbling ourselves before the Lord. And Nehemiah didn't particularly have sin in his own particular life. He was sold out to God, but he saw the sin of the nation. And I'm going to say this, maybe you don't have particular sin in your life, but is there sin all around you? Does it move you to, to ask God to do something about it? 
Does the state of this nation and where we're going, even our own walls in the United States of America are broken down and we got people going through our borders? Don't we need to pray for maybe that God would move, get some leadership that will raise up the walls? That will cause us to be protected? Is there anybody that's moved by the sin that's in this nation? Is it, are you willing to stand in the gap? To pray and believe that God would do something mighty? Nehemiah was moved with compassion for his nation. And we need not to take a blind eye to what's going on in our nation. I know I say don't focus on the bad news, but it's bad out here when our churches aren't filled with people, when we're not seeing salvations on a weekly basis. We need to start praying. I want to see some salvations. I want to see rededications. I want to see water baptisms. I got to see revival. Am I preaching to anybody today? I'm just not going to sit back. All for evil to persist is good men to do nothing. And I'm not going to let evil persist on my watch. And I know you're not going to let evil persist on your watch. Glory to God. Amen. And so Nehemiah, he, he prayed and, and, and God gave him favor with the king. And the king said, why are you sad in my presence? He was a cupbearer. He was positive. He was a positive influence to the king. And and. and and Nehemiah says, how can I be happy when my, the state of my nation is, is, is in shambles? And, and the king says, what can I do for you? When the king starts asking what he can do for the servant, you know God is on the move. Amen. And I'm going to say this, there are some kings there are people that own houses, own lands. There are kings that God wants to influence for your good. Can I get a witness in the house today? Maybe you're looking for a house. Maybe you're believing God for real estate. This church is looking for real estate. We're believing God for prime real estate. And I'm telling you, the kings are holding the real estate in this city. And I'm declaring to you that we're going to have prime real estate in Virginia Beach. And we're not going to be renting all our lives. We're going to go from renting, going to the next level, to owning. Can I get a witness in the house today? Glory to God. And so Nehemiah had the favor of the king. And the king gave him resources and, and gave him a title. He was, he was lifted up. He was promoted as the governor of Israel. Glory to God. And I believe this, that God wants to raise some of us up. Maybe he wants to give you a promotion on your job. Maybe he may want to make you, you know, you may not like your boss. Maybe he may want to make you the boss. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so as we get into a revelation, when we humble ourselves through prayer and fasting, God will connect us with the kings. 
with people that have authority, with people that have ability, and those kings will be influenced to bless us. Can I get a witness now? Say, I believe that God's moving on kings. I believe that God's moving on influential people. Bible says that your gift will make room for you and put you in front of influential people. People that can do something amazing in your life. You can't do the vision of God by yourself. If you could do it by yourself, it may not be a vision from God. Can I get a witness in the house today? You know, uh, in fasting and prayer, Queen Esther, and uh, she was raised up uh, to, to marry the king. And, uh, and she was raised up really to, to save uh, the Israelis from the edict that was put forth through, through the enemy of Haman. And Haman had an edict wrote up that the Jews were going to be annihilated. And that they were going to be killed. But she was raised up. And she said, listen, she, she could not go into the presence of the king uh, without being invited. And the law said if she went in the presence of the king to, 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 to get an audience with him without permission, that he could have her head. And she had the people pray for three days. And she prayed that they would have favor. And so she went in to risk her life to save the lives of her people. Sometimes you're going to have to be willing to lay down your life to risk your life to save other people. Sometimes you have to be willing to take a risk and say, Lord, I'm getting out of my seat. It's not about me anymore. It's not about my comfort anymore. It's not about me having three square meals a day. Maybe every once in a while you got to lay it down. you got to lay down those things that you love to pick up something greater. Maybe God is raising, I believe God is raising some end time revivalists and the end of uh, in this congregation. God might be raising up. Uh, 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 Joyce Meyer in this place. God might be raising up uh, 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 Billy Graham in this place. God might be raising somebody up to, 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 to save the nation because we need people that's going to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ without compromise that will preach in the face of the enemy and move forward in the things of God. And I believe as we fast and pray, and we're on our last week, maybe you decided not to get involved. Well, you got one more week. You can make this your best week. You can say, this week, okay, I didn't, I didn't partake the past two weeks, but this week I'm going to push, over the, I'm push forward the plate. I'm going to stand and believe God. And I believe that he's going to save my kids. He's going to intervene in my family. He's going to turn this nation around. That our schools are going to be turned around. And I'm telling you that whatever we do, God will reward it. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you. Oh, that you are raising us up. For a time such as this, Father, we are in evil days. And your word says, Father God, to make the most of our time. 
And Father God, we're believing you, Father, that you are raising up end time revivalists, people that will make a mark in their generation. And I thank you, Father God, that you're raising us up to move forward in 2024. And I thank you, Father God, that you are breaking off the chains of our loved ones. Our kids are being broken. Chains of, 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 of evil is being broken off of our nation. And Father, we're declaring you for total restoration. And we thank you, Father God, that you're moving and that you're doing it. And we just give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And we all say amen and amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness. Perhaps you're listening. Perhaps you're watching. And you know now is the time to, to bow your knee to Jesus. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, just pray this simple prayer and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.